Irish Radio International. And now on Irish Radio International, it's the talk show for talkers. Good evening Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters listeners and friends. You're very welcome to the talk show for talkers here on irishradiointernational.com. You can catch us on our email info at irishtalkers.com. You can also get us on the World Wide Web irishtalkers.com. My name is Ted Melamphy and I'm joined again this evening by the mercurial Moira O'Brien. Good evening and the- ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. And the persuasive Paul O'Manny. Well, it's a delight to be here with you, Moira and Ted. Well, well now, done, Paul, and it's great to have you here with us. I feel listeners need to be brought in onto the secret. Because of the weather, we're actually recording this yesterday, if you get my meaning. We're forecast to have a blizzard this afternoon, and there's a lot of snow on the ground. So we decided that we would embrace modern technology, and we would try to record the show using a conferencing facility called Zoom. Now, any of you who have attended online clubs will have come across this because I think this is the, the app that most online clubs use. And it's one that we are going to use for enabling some of our club members who are unable to attend in, in person. So. This is going to be more and more used as time goes on. However, I've ranted on a lot, but uh, that's the reason why the sound is a little bit different, because uh, Ted and I think probably sound quite similar, but Paul has a slightly different ambient sound. Well done, Moran. It's a nice, a nice explanation of the three of us on our own pathway. Indeed so. This, Indeed so. And is Paul, is, Paul, Paul is in Glanmire. Uh, Ted is in Blarney and I'm in McCrube, so it's three totally different locations outside Cork City. So, Ted, let's go to you first of all. What's your thought for the week? Well, I have a lovely thought for the week that resonates with Postmasters, in my opinion, and this is given to us again by one of my thought leaders, Simon Sinek. The joy of leadership comes from seeing others achieve more than they thought they were capable of. The joy of leadership comes from seeing others achieve more than they thought they were capable of. Absolutely. I think that demonstrated every Toastmasters meeting. Don't you? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I I agree. And we had the pleasure, we had the pleasure at, at our last Toastmasters meeting in Blarney last Tuesday evening with the mercurial and the persuasive Mr. Paul O'Manny achieving his CC. He, he did, did his 10 speech, which was uh, very um, inspiring and uplifting because he based it on, in my opinion, a, a very good choice. He based it on the Toastmaster's promise. It was a good choice. Uh, it's one that we don't use and we don't refer to enough. I know, as you said to us the other day, Ted, that... Uh, uh, it was used by Mike Storkey yes. in his introductions to the in the the magazine every month. He did the a new promise each week, and that was very effective. But so often in clubs, we never hear the promise, and I didn't even know there was a promise until I'd been in Toastmasters for well over a year. Nobody told me. Mm-hmm. Just one of those strange things. Anyway, Paul pointed out to me just now quite correctly, that we haven't uh, told you what's happening in the show today. So apart from the thought for the week and the word of the day, which is coming up, we're going to look at a couple of speaking tips from Craig Valentine in our second segment. In the third segment, Paul is going to talk about something which is very dear to my heart this term when my local club is hoping to 
gain more members and in order to charter and he's going to talk about growing the club and in the last section we're going to have another look and a more detailed look this time on pathways so paul and i would like i would just like to add to that mara that we've had a communication or we've had a, a an email from our club growth director john cox yes and he has he has sent on some very valuable information for all of us in in helping to grow clubs indeed so sir. That, indeed. that is very worthwhile as well so indeed. well done john thanks for that okay so paul over to you word of the week please zenith the word is zenith z-e-n-i-t-h zenith and it has two meanings really are either of you interested in looking up at the sky and seeing the plow and Orion's belt and all of those celestial objects? I think everyone well, is. <laughs> Everybody. Wow. Well, I tell you what, next time you look up at the sky directly above your head, where do you think you'll find the zenith? Uh, directly above your head exactly okay so it's it's not out to the right or left or forward or back the zenith is directly above your head it is so now the other meaning of the word zenith is something that ted i think you've demonstrated already on the show this evening you're at the zenith of your powers, my friend. <laughs> I hope. Which is that you are at your peak, peak of your form. Thank you. So the word zenith, with these two meanings, to be, you know, right up there. And let us say that you can't win a speech competition in Toastmasters without being at the zenith of your power. As a speaker. Lovely explanation. Very and true. I have more. I have more on this for you. Right? Because the bold Milton. You know that guy? He's a bit of a talent as a poet. <laughs> he wrote some very long poems, including Paradise Lost. Here's what he has to say. From morn to noon he fell. From noon to dewy eve, a summer's day. And with the setting sun dropped from the zenith like a falling star. Dropped from the zenith like a falling star. Beautiful. So he came tumbling down to earth, you can say. Excellent. So there we are. So zenith. I, I imagine that that's a word that not everybody would be as knowledgeable about that word as Moira, you seem to be. Well, I, <laughs> I don't claim to be knowledgeable. I just claim to have read an awful lot of books and picked up a lot of words, 90% of which I probably don't know the true meaning of. So maybe you have encouraged me back to thinking about uh, the true meaning of zenith. And I would like to say that a, somebody who reaches distinguished Toastmaster would be at the zenith of their Toastmaster career. Would that be a fair comment? <laughs> it would, but on the, I think it might be misleading because once you get to being a distinguished Toastmaster, what a distinguished Toastmaster does is they start all over again. I was aware of that and I, I thought you might bring that up because of course, <laughs> yes, you, we, we know one or two Toastmasters who are double distinguished. But there we are. Ted, we are coming to the end of our first segment and we could move now swiftly on to our first piece of music. Oh, that seemed to trip along fairly quickly. So the first piece of music we're going to entertain you with today is Sometimes When We Touch by Dan Hill. And I choke on my reply 
I'd rather hurt you honestly than mislead you with a lie. And who am I to judge you on what you say or do? I'm only just beginning to see. Sometimes when we touch, the honesty's too much, and I have to close my eyes and hide. I wanna hold you till I die, till we both break down and cry. I wanna hold you till the fear in me subsides. Romance and all its strategy leaves me battling with my pride. But through the insecurity, some tenderness survives. I'm just another writer, still trapped within my truth. A hesitant prize fighter, still trapped within. The honesty's too much, and I have to close my eyes and hide. I wanna hold you till I die, till we both break down and cry. I wanna hold you till the fear in me subsides. At times I'd like to break you and drive you to your knees. At times I'd like to break through and hold you endlessly. At times I understand you and I know how hard you try. I've watched while love commands you. And I've watched love pass you by. At times I think we're drifters, still searching for a friend, a brother or a sister. But then the passion flares again. And sometimes when we touch, the honesty's too much. And I have to close my eyes and hide. I wanna hold you till I die, till we both break down and cry. I wanna hold you till the fear in me From UFOs to voodoo, from serial killers to conspiracy theories, at Big Mouth Strikes with myself, Simon McKeown, every Tuesday night on Irish Radio International at nine o'clock, we discuss the things you don't want to discuss. So join us every Tuesday night for guests, music, and talking the talk you don't want to think on Irish Radio International. Irish Radio International. Welcome back, Toastmasters, to the second section of our show tonight. I should remind you that uh, we also have a Facebook page, which is the Talk Show for Talkers. Now, what are we going to do with this part of the show? Well, one of my favorite gurus of public speaking is a, an American gentleman called Craig Valentine. Craig was the 1999 champion, world champion of public speaking. Somebody that most or many of his contemporaries hate because he became world champion only 18 months after joining Toastmasters, which was... What? Yeah, exactly. He, he got his CTM, as it was in those days, uh, after just over a year, and he was world champion uh, the following year. 
Well, there's hope for some of us then. <laughs> I got my competent I got my competent communicator this week. So in theory, if I was as good as Craig, I could be world champion in Chicago. This is yes. true. Yes. But, well, yes. I, I, he he had actually got his distinguished toastmaster, or the that was the equivalent of DTM. CTM. My goodness. I don't know what the C stood for, but uh, anyway, let's listen now to the first of these two uh, episodes we're going to play. And this is the key secret to telling great stories. One of the most effective techniques for getting your audience members to experience your story and really feel it unfold is to literally put your audience members somewhere in your scene. Instead of having them on the outside looking in, have them be in the inside, hearing what you heard, seeing what you saw, and even feeling what you felt. For example, take a look at the following three clips and then write down where you, as an audience member, are in each scene. So go ahead and number your paper one to three and we'll track the scenes that way. Ready? Here we go. Well, that's just part of being the world champion. Look, being the world champion is a blessing and a curse. You said it. If you have been walking towards me in the Chicago airport two days after I won the world championship, you'd have seen my wife on one side of me and me carrying this gigantic crystal trophy. You know, just walking through the Chicago airport. The three L's to leveraging yourself as a leader. Those are very important. But before we go there, understand something. If you had picked up my phone in the year 2000, you would have heard a woman from the Michigan Consolidated Gas Company say to me, Craig, we want you to come out here and speak. And for 45 minutes, we're going to pay you $3,500. Have you ever gone to a drive through restaurant, placed your order, and been misunderstood? Now, I can't mention the name of this restaurant, but its initials are KFNC. <laughs> So imagine being in my passenger seat. We're driving through the KFC drive-thru. I always order three thighs because that's what I like. Welcome back. So where were you in each scene? Let's look at scene one, which is when my wife and I were walking through the Chicago airport. Where were you? If you answered walking towards us, then you're right. Okay, what about the scene when I was talking on the phone to the lady from the Michigan Consolidated Gas Company? Where were you then? Actually, you were on the phone listening. After all, you picked up the phone, right? And then there's the drive through restaurant. Where were you? You were in my passenger seat. See, in each one of these stories, you were actually somewhere in my scenes, experiencing it in the present moment, just like I did. You witnessed the scene unfold from the inside out. And here are the phrases I used to put you there. If you had been walking towards me in the Chicago airport, if you had picked up my phone in the year 2000, imagine being in my passenger seat when this happened. Now, here's the caveat, because I think I've created a monster with some speakers. When you're putting your audience members in your scene, don't do it the same way each time. You can't just keep saying, if you had been walking towards me, and if you had been running in my direction, if you had been smoking my cigar, if you had been... <laughs> you can't do that. That's going to come off as a technique. Instead, you want to find different ways and, and creative ways to invite them into your scene. For example, you can say, imagine being in the hotel room. Or, I wish you could have been a fly on the wall when this happened. Or, if you had been on that motorcycle with me. Or, one of my favorites, have you ever been in a dungy basement? That's right, have you ever is a great phrase to use to put them in your scene. Whatever you do, let them experience your story with you. Have you ever been watching the end of a video lesson? <laughs> I'll see you next time. Well, the second video we're going to play is another one from Craig Valentine and it's entitled The Callback, A Fantastic Way to Open Your Speech. And I sh I'll just say that I, I will put links to these videos on our website on the shows page so that you can go and view the actual videos, which are worth watching. And in fact, all of Craig's videos are worth watching. So let's listen to The Callback. Callback is when you refer to something that happened during or even prior to the event. I like to use the acronym PEST, P-E-S-T. 
because I always feel like there are opportunities to call back to your preparation for the event, call back to something that happened in the event itself, call back to something the speaker before you said, or call back to something that happened during your travel to the event. So preparation, event, speaker, and travel. And take a look at a travel callback I did in Bali. It's something that happened to me as I traveled to the event. Now, once you take a look at that one, understand that I took a similar approach to my audience that I had a year later in Japan. Both stories are absolutely true, although Bali involved a customs agent and Japan involved several people, characters if you wish, who asked me a certain question. You ready? Let's take a look. Everybody's really stiff, and they say things like, how long will you be in our country? And what do you plan to do here? Where will you be staying? And more importantly, when will you be leaving? <laughs> that didn't happen when I walked into Bali Airport. I get to customs, the guy looks at me, he looks at my passport, he looks back at me, and he says one thing. Are you sure you're not Obama? that I keep getting asked wherever I go in Japan. From the moment I stepped off of the plane, they keep asking me the same question. I'm not going to tell you the question. I'm going to give you the answer. And the answer is, no, I am not Barack Obama. <laughs> but yes, we can. <laughs> Welcome back. I absolutely love opening my speeches with callbacks because they automatically customize the speech to that audience and it makes them feel like surely this has only happened here. Now please don't underestimate the power of what I just said. It's extremely beneficial for you and your audience when they feel like this, whatever this is, has only happened here. It's tailored, it's customized. In other words, it's not canned, it's fresh. For example, Take a look at the opening to one of my speeches in Melbourne, Australia, where I used a speaker callback, calling back to a speaker who spoke before me. Ready? Here we go. The good thing about being from the States is I'm wide awake. I am wide awake, ready to go. I'm a little concerned about the, the toilet paper speech. I'm not concerned about the toilet paper, just that it took two weeks to find it. Brought about a lot of questions, like, what did you do in the meantime? <laughs> Welcome back. I'm guessing you had no idea what I meant with the reference to the toilet paper, did you? Of course not. You know why? Because you weren't in that audience. And that's the real secret. It only happened there. That's the customization. Many callbacks are inside jokes with you and your audience. Any other audience on the outside looking in wouldn't understand them. Oh, and don't think that callback has to be at the opening of your speech. You can do what I like to call an in-speech callback. And that can happen anywhere in your speech. In fact, here's a very short two-word speaker callback I used in Los Angeles. Now, understand that the speaker before me spoke and he gave the advice of staying married. And the way to stay married is to just keep saying, yes, dear. So you figure it out. Here's how it went. When I was in prison, visiting, visiting, <laughs> to clarify that, an inmate came up after my presentation. He said, Craig, getting out of here in a few months, man. I'm, I'm feeling good about life, and I'm, I'm back on the right track. But you know there's a quote by Will Rogers who says you might be on the right track, but if you just stand there, what's going to happen? So I left that day thinking, well, I'm glad he's back on the right track. But maybe I'm standing still as a speaker. Mm. Have you ever wondered that? Yeah. Yes, dear. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning too, bro. <laughs> Welcome back. Notice that when you do a speaker callback, it helps if you can gesture towards or look directly at the speaker who initially made the statement. 
that helps clarify the callback for your audience. And that's what I did when I said, yes, dear. In fact, if you really listen closely, you'll hear the original speaker laughing the loudest. Whatever you do, remember the PEST formula for callbacks, P-E-S-T, because it can get you laughs, customize your speech, and most importantly, connect you to your audience. Do you agree? Yes, dear. Hope you enjoyed that from Craig Valentine, and we're now going to play you out with a piece of music by Garth Brooks, and this has no reference whatsoever to Craig, but the title of the tune is Friends in Low Places. <laughs> Blame it all on my roots I showed up in boots and Ruined your black tie fair Last one to know Last one to show I was the last one you thought you'd see there And I saw the surprise And the fear in his eyes When I took his glass of champagne I toasted you, said honey
it on to the best station on the net. Around the planet on the World Wide Web. Streaming 24-7. Irish Radio International. Headspace is an hour-long mix showcasing house, disco, techno and everything in between. With influences from Detroit, Berlin and Chicago. With high energy mixes, we'll get you ready to dance into the weekend and more. Headspace is hosted by Peter Kinnin on Saturday nights between 7 and 8 on Irish Radio International. I love listening to Irish Radio International. And welcome back Toastmasters and would-be Toastmasters to this recording of the talk show for talkers. And we should have referenced, you can also look at the Public Speaking Weekly when you get onto our webpage. There's some fantastic information there. And now we are going to have an interesting piece by the persuasive Paul O'Mahony. So, Paul... Well, Ted, if we think about any club anywhere in the world, it's most likely that it's looking to recruit some new members, to attract some new people. Because out there in the wider community, there are huge numbers of people who want to improve their communication skills, who want to be able to be more persuasive, want to be able to have more influence. So every club has an opportunity and indeed a sort of responsibility to do its very best to get new members. Would you, do you think that's fair? I think that's very true. I have to agree with you. I would even go a little bit further and say that we have an obligation to spread the word. We should not be keeping this organization to ourselves. We should be out there as advocates for Toastmasters International, for the fantastic organization and for, for the self-development that every individual does once they join Toastmasters. Well, look, Ted and Moira, there, there's a wonderfully talented woman called Maureen Zapala, who has a really excellent article in the latest Toastmasters magazine. Now, Maureen Zapala lives in Ohio, and she's a member of the Toastmasters International LinkedIn group. I forget the exact name of it, uh, Moira, you uh, might have the exact name of that group handy, but I think that it might be, um, yes, the official Toastmasters International Members Group, and any Toastmaster in the world over can apply to join. So she's in there. <coughs> she gives a number of tips on how, in this article, on how to recruit new members. And I just want to pick, I want to pick two of them to highlight, because I think they're particularly refreshing suggestions. The first suggestion that struck my eye was that the club would hold a meeting in a public place, like a market, like a networking event, or at a fair or a festival, you know, somewhere where which would be out of the ordinary and where the meeting would be open to a whole lot of people. And she talks about a really interesting idea about holding a kind of a soapbox meeting where you might in a public place start uh, talking about topics and give a little speech maybe what do you think of that sort of an idea now how about uh, going into the english market in cork a very uh, packed place and running a specially designed toastmasters meeting in the English market? I think that particular venue would be just a little bit difficult to, to organize given the, the space available or lack of it. I think it would be a better idea to go into, let's say, an open air market, like one that we have on Sundays during the summer in McCroom, and we have every day, every week on Tuesdays in the town center. That sort of market would be, I think, slightly more appropriate to be able to hold it because you wouldn't be causing a traffic jam. And believe me, in the English market in Cork, to get uh, three or four people trying to hold a meeting <laughs> would be very much of a traffic well, jam. Well, if, 
if but, a if a group of Toastmasters got together and caused a public obstruction, that would <laughs> damage the Toastmasters brand. And Indeed, that sir. is one of the most important jobs that the vice president for public relations in a club has. And as, one, as a vice president for public relations, I definitely take Moira's point. <laughs> but the idea, the idea is a very sound one. Uh, Has it? Do do either of you do either of you know from personal experience where one has happened in Ireland? Do do you know uh, any of you know? Ever uh, heard of one? Yes, uh, yeah, I I do I do, Paul. That there's there's an event every year. There's an event every year in Blarney, and it's an open air event, and it it takes place in the village of Blarney and also in the grounds of Blarney Castle. And over the last couple of years, we've had speakers there doing some giving talks, doing evaluations just to attract attention. And people come over and possibly sign up. The, the, the objective of doing it is that we get people to join Toastmasters. And you we see, have one of the things I think is that it's a bit like a two-stage process. First of all, people need to become aware that Toastmasters exists. Yes, I agree. I mean, that's like you could easily do a public meeting, in a, a meeting in a public place for the purpose of raising awareness and don't have the objective of recruiting members there and then. Yes, that's Perhaps true. just opportunities to also give some of the people who've been there a flyer, something yes. that would just give them the the name of a person, uh, the, how they could get to the club. Perhaps if it was in a central place in Cork, for sake of argument, rather than Blarney, it could easily be a flyer which gives the contact details of all the clubs in Cork. So people could go and join a club right near where they live. Yes, I agree with you. And, I, and that piece that you were speaking about by Maureen Zapala in the February issue of the Toastmasters magazine, there's, there's some lovely tips in there, Paul. There's one particular one that I'm, that I'm interested in, and I'm just going to pass a comment on. Invite guests to special events. And I was a guest at a special event that Bandon Toastmasters put on last Thursday week in the hotel down in in Bandon, in the Munster Arms Hotel, and there were two speakers there who were superb at what they did. One of them was Hank van der Klock, who gave the speech that he had given on his TEDx talk. And any of our listeners, if they go onto YouTube, and if they Google in Hank, H-E-N-K, I have no doubt that they will get, they will see that particular speech. And the other person, is an international motivational speaker, and his name is Walt Hampton. And Walt was absolutely superb as well. And it was a fantastic night's um, education and entertainment. We've just come up with a new word, edutainment night. It was How many it, were there, Ted? There were, it was sold out. The room had a capacity of 150 people. And there were 150 people with a little bit more thrown in. It was, it was a sellout and it was hugely successful. Was the meeting associated with Toastmasters? Well, it was organized by Bandon Toastmasters, specifically by the president of Bandon Toastmasters. And that lady's name is Imelda Westcott. So she and her team of officers in Bandon Toastmasters, along with the area director for that area, Philip O'Brien, they put on that, and it was a fantastic night's entertainment and education. And Ted, you'll be in a position to find out to what extent the meeting that was held down there would be was successful at recruiting members. Won't you be able to do that? 
Yeah, I certainly will, Paul. And definitely after the meeting, there was a lot of there were a lot of people who came up to me and went up to Philip and went up to Amelda Westcott, and they they were very interested in joining joining Toastmasters. And it did not mean specifically banding Toastmasters. Obviously, there were probably more people interested because they were from the area of Bandon. But there were other people who asked me about um, clubs in the city and on, in the suburbs. So I have no doubt that as a recruitment drive, that was a fantastic meeting that they put on last week. It strikes me, Ted, that, for example, if we take um, Cork, a city of 130,000 people, we'll say, with a hint of many more than that, there could be a, a planned programs during the year. There were, let us say, half a dozen special events, specials at different locations where uh, some special guests were invited to speak, and that would collect raise the profiles in the city. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Paul. have to agree with you. And we have, we have an excellent opportunity in that from the 11th to the 13th of May, we have the district conference, which is on in Cork City. So it's been hosted by Blarney Toastmasters, and you are on that committee that's organising the district conference. So there's an opportunity there to, to invite people along, non-Toastmasters. And I know that that is part of the deal, that people can bring partners or friends along with them at a reduced rate, but just get them in to see what exactly what Toastmasters is all about. So that could be a recruitment drive as well. Well, I, I tend to think that the conference, it'll be Tricky to use the conference as a recruiting uh, ground because it's all as if there would be just so many Toastmasters. There would be just a smattering of people who aren't in the yes, organization. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true, of course. I hope, yeah. it does result in that. I hope it does result in that. But I'm, I'm sort of th thinking that taking an approach to toastmastering in the whole of the city of Cork, getting collaboration between a number of different clubs spread over a year so that there wasn't pressure on any one club. And um, the idea of holding a series of special events to which people are invited with a view you to raising the awareness of Toastmasters because I think the greater the awareness of Toastmasters is about the greater the number of people who will join. Well I have to agree with you and all we have to do in that situation is is ha have a chat with Imelda Westcott and see what sort of tools that she employed to be able to, I know that she was interviewed on the radio, I also know that they used uh, our own national newspapers to flag the event, so it was sold out a couple of days in advance. So it was it was a hundred percent successful. Well, I think that's terrific. Um, that's the kind of approach we need, I think, to yeah. you know get us into the get us into the practice of recruiting new members, because it now no, recruiting new members is not my area for. Blarney Club, but as far as I can see, if you like, thinking about how would a Toastmasters Club anywhere do it, I think this kind of line of thinking fostered by Maureen Zapata, Z Zapala, would be, is excellent. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Some great food for thought there on her piece. And that brings us nicely to the end of this section of the talk show for talkers. And we're going to play you out now with Inuikan, Inuikan from back in the day, but still iconic in this day and age. In fact, this, this gentleman, this singer is so iconic that he's known just by his one name. Everybody identi identifies who this person is. This is Elvis, and he is singing. It's now or never. Thank you, Mara. Ooh. 
when I first saw you With your smile so tender My heart was captured My soul surrendered I've spent a lifetime Waiting for the right time Now that you're near Time is here at last It's now or never Come hold me tight Kiss me, my darling Be mine tonight Tomorrow Just like a willow We would cry in ocean If we lost true love And sweet devotion Your lips excite me Let your arms invite me For who knows when Every Monday at 8 p.m. on Irish Radio International for Awakening Time. Through music and different spiritual topics every week, we create a space dedicated to all of you to explore your connection with the collective consciousness. Allow yourself to enjoy, to feel, to dance, and beyond. Awakening Time. Welcome back, Toastmasters, to the last part of our show tonight. And what we're going to cover here is a rather more detailed look at pathways, or at least at how a path works. Now, I have in front of me a document which shows right the way through, from start to finish, what is involved in every single path that we have. And they're all very, very similar. So, if we describe how to go through a path, then the only differences are in the different projects that you're going to undertake within those paths. So let's look at the, the five levels. The first level is mastering fundamentals. The second level is learning your style. Level three is increasing knowledge. And level four, building skills. And the final one, level five, is demonstrating expertise. That's the same on every single path. So we don't have to learn something new when we start up a new path. All we have to do, basically, is to look at the different projects which are going to be in each different path. Now, level one is actually the same in every path. It has three projects. The first one is the icebreaker, a four to six minute speech, exactly the same as we had under the present pathway. The second is evaluation and feedback, 
give a speech about anything, give a second speech later, the same on you, incorporating the feedback from the first speech, and then do the speech evaluator role. The third project, researching and presenting. Give a speech about anything you want to research, and additional materials are research worksheet and a speech outline worksheet. So that's the same in every single path. When we go on to level two, learning your style, there are three projects, which equals three speeches. The speeches are five to seven minutes, unless otherwise stated. And project one, again, is the same in all paths, an introduction to Toastmasters mentoring. Give a speech about learning from any mentor in your life. <clears throat> then projects two and three depend upon which path you're actually going to be following. So I wouldn't go through every single one, but for example, under, let's see, what's DL, dynamic leadership. The first one is understanding your leadership style, and the third one is understanding your communication style. And an another one, let's take innovative planning, understanding your leadership style, same again. And the next one is connect with your audience. So you see, there's a lot of similarity through most of the paths. In fact, the understanding your leadership style or understanding your communication style goes through all the paths. It's merely the, the third project that, is, that differs from path to path. The advantage of that more is that it's learning being, being um, heaped up on top of learning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is very good, which yeah. is very good. Exactly. And we then go on to level three. <clears throat> level three is three projects, which is, has three speeches. Some include short to medium-sized activities. And speeches, again, are five to seven minutes unless otherwise stated. Okay. And there are some... Uh, which allow more freedom in the speech topic. Project one is unique to the path, so you have to actually look at the individual paths, but taking the ones that we talked about before, you have the dynamic leadership. The first one is negotiate the best outcome. Give a speech about negotiation you've done or will do. And then projects two and three are electives, and you have a choice of various ones that you can pick. Um, we looked at innovative, was it IP, innovative planning, and the first one is write a proposal to improve anything, personal, professional, or club, presented in your speech, and write a proposal resource. So again, that is going to be specific to the particular path that you're following. So we go on to... And we'll be, we'll, we'll be drawing on all our experiences towards masters. Yeah, absolutely. Now you can see oh, there's yeah. a lot more scope for bringing in external experiences than I think exist under the present format. Yeah, yeah. At level four is building skills. Uh, and it has two projects with two to three speeches and two medium to large leadership activities. So we're getting to be at a much higher level here. <clears throat> Project one is unique to the path again, uh, so on dynamic leadership, managing change. It says create a change management plan, real or hypothetical, past or present, and present it in a speech. And prepare for change worksheet, write uh, a communication plan resource. Uh, let's take um, one that is slightly less esoteric and more... Visionary communication, maybe. Yeah, let's look at visionary communication. Create a plan to communicate a change, real or hypothetical, and present it in a speech. And produce a worksheet and write a communication plan resource. And then project two uh, comes with the electives, which you can choose different items. So... That's level four. Level five, I'd expect again to be at a much higher level. And it's entitled Demonstrating Expertise. It has three projects. It has three to four speeches of various lengths. 
and two medium to large leadership activities. So the first project again is unique to your past. Dynamic leadership again, lead in any situation, take on a leadership role for at least six months, have your peers do a 360 degree evaluation on your leadership and give an eight to 10 minute speech about your experience. Uh, going to the visionary communication path, develop your vision. Develop a vision and present it in a speech, present your plan in a second speech. And there are a few projects, uh, resources you have to produce for that. Project two is an, an elective one. There are various elective things, ethical leadership, high performance leadership, leading in a volunteer organization, preparing to speak professionally, lessons learned, moderator panel discussion. So they're, they're fairly high level projects. And project three is the same in all paths. Guess what? Reflect on your path. Give a 10 to 12 minute speech about your experience of completing your path. So that is a thumbnail sketch. I know it's, it's rushed, but we have little time, and I wanted to get through the complete path. And just to give uh, an overview, there are five levels in a path. There are 14 projects to complete in a path, and that includes about 15 to 16 prepared speeches and about four medium to large leadership activities, part of which you can undertake outside of Toastmasters. And what's in a project? Well, a project could include a speech, sometimes two, a leadership activity, a resource or a worksheet to help you organize and document, a short quiz, or any combination of all these things. And most include evaluation form and a quick self-assessment. <clears throat> speech topics, like the old program, some speeches have a defined topic, some are, such as understanding your communication style, but uh, and you can find ways to be creative and interesting with these. And other speeches give you a lot more freedom in choosing a topic, such as inspire your audience or effective body language. So there, now, I think you should all be aware by now of what the, the paths are, but if we run quickly through them in the last minute, the, the 10 paths are dynamic leadership, effective coaching, innovative planning, leadership development, motivational strategies, persuasive influence, presentation mastery, strategic relationships, team collaboration, and visionary communication. And as you can see, there's a, a lot of these uh, will have a lot more relation to uh, external activities, for example, your own career or your own job, there, than we have under the present uh, learning pathways that we, we cover and the old method. Yes, so I hope and this has been, the, the relearning will be done when we start pathways. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll be so, starting pathways in District 71 in 19 days' time. I know. Isn't it exciting? We've come Excellent. to the end of the show, well sadly. So uh, we have to say goodbye. Paul has uh, already left us. But um, it's from me, Mario Brown, and from... And from me, Ted Melanfi. See you next week. So bye for now. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was pretty good. Well